A fire started in the grasslands close to a farm. The county fire department rushed to the scene, but the fire was more than what they could handle. So someone suggested calling the volunteer fire department. Despite some doubt that they would be of any assistance, they were called finally. The volunteers arrived in a rundown fire truck, very old one. They rumbled straight towards the fire, drove right into the middle of the flames, and stopped. The firefighters jumped from the truck and frantically started spraying water in all directions. Soon, they had snuffed out the center of the fire, and leaving two parts which were easily put out. As the farmer watched all this, he was impressed and grateful at this wonderful scene and that his house and his farm was saved. So he quickly got his checkbook and donated $1,000 to the fire, volunteer fire department. A local news reporter asked the volunteer fire captain how they wanted or planned to use the funds. The captain replied, the first things we're going to do is get the brakes on our fire truck fixed. <laughs> we usually associate fire with Pentecost, right? With the spirit and with the tongues of fire in Pentecost. And that is right. We should. But Pentecost was a Jewish festival before becoming a Christian feast. They were already celebrating Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles. So what exactly were they celebrating? First, it was a feast of the harvest. It's in the summertime in Israel. And many people went to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. But over time, it became also the feast where they thanked God for the greatest gift they have received from the Lord, which for a Jew, the greatest gift of all times is the law, the Ten Commandments. They received the law through Moses, as you may recall, and that happened at Mount Sinai. The second reading that we heard today in Spanish tells us what happened there right before receiving the tablets of the law. It is a majestic and terrifying theophany, a manifestation of the divine. But there's trumpet blasts. The Mount Sinai is covered with thunder and lightning and smoke. The mountain quakes and the Lord comes down in the fire and everybody's terrifying. The only one who dares to go up the mountain is Moses. And in the middle of this tremendous storm, he comes down with the law in his hands. And everybody's, ah, look at that. It's incredible. We didn't read that part, but he received the law. And that's what they were celebrating. And that's why St. Paul said, our Lord is a consuming fire. In the midst of this breathtaking scene is that they receive the law, the greatest of all gifts. So year after year, 
the Jews celebrated the greatest feast of Sukkoth, or as we know it, Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were gathered in prayer, not on top of a mountain now, but on top of a house in the upper room. That's where they were. And it's the same wonderful and terrifying scene. Fire, rushing wind, trembling the place again, shattering all of them, fire coming down individually on each one of them, just like on Mount Sinai. And here comes straight from God, again, the law. But not in tablets, not in stone. It's the new law that the Lord is giving us in Pentecost. It's the law of the Spirit. That's what we're receiving in Pentecost. The greatest of all laws, the law of the Spirit. St. Thomas Aquinas will say the new law, the, the law of the gospel, is chiefly the grace itself of the Holy Spirit which is given to those who believe in Christ. This is the new law, and it's wonderful news. It's a law of the Spirit. This law is new because it replaces the old, but it's, the old is done away with. The new is far superior because it's greater. It encompasses the old law, but it's way superior to that. If you are driven by the Spirit, you don't need the commandments. If the Holy Spirit in you, is in you, you don't need anyone to tell you not to cheat, not to lie, not to be mean. You already know that the Spirit in you leads you to do greater things than that. We don't need the commandments because we would not only respect those, <clears throat> but overdo them. The law is superior because it's not just written on, written on stones, but written in our hearts. Now, it's an interior law, and we can follow the promptings of the Spirit. It's not coercive. It's not forced upon us. It's soft, it's gentle, but it's powerful. It's not violent, but it's interior at the same time. It pulls us from within and helps us to go upwards and forward. This is the new law. This is the new rule to live moved by the Holy Spirit. And someone might think at this moment, at least I think about this when I preach about the being moved by the Spirit. This is kind of risky. Because anyone can say, oh, well, there's the Spirit moving in me. But that's the risk the Lord wanted to take in giving us his Spirit. Many things moves us. The drive for pleasure, for recognition, for honor, desire to avoid humiliation, for instance. We're moved by selfish intentions sometimes. Now we're called to say, come Holy Spirit and rule in me, reign in me. I don't want to be led by those things anymore. I want you to be my interior law. Rule instead of ambitions and passions, bad feelings, cravings of the flesh. Now we're ruled 
by the Spirit of God. What a wonderful thing it is. And that's why we have to ask, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit. Come to me, Holy Spirit, because I want to be ruled by you. I want you to be reigning in my soul, in my life. If we do that, he will certainly take care of us, not just of us, but those around us as well. I share with you a testimony from a person I know very well. She shared with me a little while ago. She has been trouble getting along with her mother, and she recently went to Alpha. But she lives in Argentina, so there's no, uh, you won't know her. So she's talking about her mother on this email, and she says, at this moment, when she was praying, no, sorry, at this moment, I remind her, her mother, of a really tough time in her life. That's, I think, why she ignores me or mistreats, mistreats me. On the Holy Spirit weekend, I ask fervently that the Holy Spirit would take over the pain that caused to feel somehow rejected by her. It was awesome, truly incredible. I felt a great relief. Even though the situation bothered me still, it did not hurt as much. And magically, there was a fabulous change in her. Now she calls me. She's loving and tells me she loves me. The Holy Spirit, when you allow the Spirit to rule you, to live in you, it becomes not only the rule for you, but also for those around you. Because as the Lord said in the gospel today, rivers of living water will flow from within those who believe in me. The Spirit comes to take the place that needs to be filled by him alone instead of hurt feelings or other impulses. Today is a day where we have to pray more than ever, come Holy Spirit, come and rule my life. Come and take over. Come today, today more than ever. Do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Do you truly want to be him to be your Lord? Do you want to follow his promptings, his inspirations? As we pray today with the whole church, invoking the Holy Spirit to come, not just upon us, but upon the entire world, let's be reminded that he has to reign in our lives. And if there's fire in your heart today, don't call the fire department. Let it burn. <laughs>